Welcome to the Heal, Nourish, Grow podcast. I'm Cheryl McColgan, founder of Heal, Nourish, Grow. The website, this show, and our newsletter all focus on making the science of advanced nutrition and greater overall health accessible to everyone. Buckle up for our latest episode to get ideas, tools, and practical knowledge you can use to improve your health and move towards your perfect version of ultimate wellness. The Heal, Nourish, Grow podcast shares interviews with nutrition experts, health researchers, and everyday people that have changed their lifestyle and nutrition to support greater health. You'll learn how to implement lasting change and create new habits that support greater wellness and a happier, healthier life. Please visit HealNourishGrowPodcast.com for full show notes and links to our guests. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Heal, Nourish, Grow podcast. I'm really excited to share my guest with you today. His name is Rich and he runs a site all about uh, meal prep and it's really interesting how he got into that. Uh, but I thought it would be great to chat with him going into the new year because I know a lot of you are going to be working on your diets and wondering what you can do to stay on track. So Rich is going to help us out with that today. So welcome and uh, tell everybody a little bit about sort of your background and how you got to be interested in meal prepping. Yeah, thank you, Cheryl. It's uh, it's great to be here. Um, yeah, my name is Rich. I, uh, have been meal prepping for, you know, uh, as long as I've been cooking. Uh, I uh, grew up in Austin, Texas, and uh, I wrestled in high school. That was my high school sport. Um, one of the one of the weird things about wrestling is that you have to have weight classes. And so um, as a high school kid, I was having to diet and eat my own food. And, um, you know, so really it just started out of necessity. Um, my mom didn't want to cook separate food for me every night. And I don't blame her at all. And so uh, if the family was having spaghetti, then I would get on the grill and make chicken and rice. And um, after doing that, you know, several times, I realized quickly, I don't like cooking all that much at the time. And uh, I don't have time with studying and sports and practices and having to bring food to school that was, you know, uh, on on track with the diet. Um, so I just started making all my own food. Um and I had some, you know, particular kind of food uh, dietary needs at the time that um, I couldn't really even like, you know, I couldn't even buy food from restaurants really or from grocery stores. Um, so I'd have, you know, for wrestling, I'd have my water weight down. And so I basically had no, like a no sodium diet. Um, and if you've ever cut or tracked sodium, it, anything you eat from anywhere is really high. And so um, out of necessity, I just started meal prepping. Um, I would cook a bunch of food on Sunday nights for the, uh, for the school week, um, as a sophomore and junior in high school. And, um, that's really where I, I got started. Um, and then really, uh, it just kind of continued since then in college, I would, it was the same kind of deal. I wanted to save money and wanted to eat healthy. And so I would cook a bunch of food on the weekend and eat it in between class and during the week and for dinner, just to save money and time, you know, for studying and all that. And then um, it's become one of those weird, you know, hobbies slash just, you know, life hacks that has helped me um, even since college. Um, so I, for the last five and a half years, I've been in grad school and uh, working as a pastor full time and have my own business on the side and I'm married. And uh, so meal prepping has just always been that thing that's saved me time, saved me money and helped me eat healthy um, along the way. Yeah, it sounds like you're probably busier now than ever <clears throat> been, really. Uh, it, it life, and we also have an eight-month-old, so uh, life is crazy. Um, life is crazy right now, and so uh, I like to keep the fridge stocked. Otherwise, I'll just eat terrible food, and um, it's like if the food is there and it's cooked and I just got to heat it up, 
uh, I have no excuse. So it's uh, it's been super helpful for me. Yeah, that's really awesome. Just to just clarify for some people, I, I did know some wrestlers when I was in high school, some maybe a little bit familiar, more familiar with it than some people might be. But um, yeah. so people that do wrestling have to meet a weight class typically. And that's right. you guys do a lot of crazy <laughs> stuff in an effort to, I, I think what the idea is, right, to wait, to be actually be bigger, but to be able to uh, lose enough water weight quickly to weigh in at a lower weight class. Um, so you mentioned that you were yeah. doing a very low sodium diet, and that's obviously so that you don't retain water. Uh, just right. some background for people to understand what that kind of life is like. Can you share with us some of the other things that you have can. to do when you were trying to make weight besides always watch your diet? Because there's a lot of other <coughs> things that you guys do. Right. Some healthy, some maybe not as healthy, but I just think it might be interesting oh, for folks. For sure. <laughs> yeah, uh, absolutely. Yes. Yeah, so I was, I was always a, a bigger kid growing up. And so like my junior and senior year, um, I would, I would come in at the beginning of the school year in, you know, August, September, uh, weighing around 205 to 210, and I would drop down to about 180. And so um, I typically had to drop around 25 to 30 pounds um, for my sophomore through senior year. And so, um, and yeah, you, you kind of nailed it. The, the goal is to be as strong as you can for your body weight, um, to be as lean as possible so that you are pound for pound, you know, stronger, bigger, you know, better than the guy across from you. And so um, typically the, the lighter you can get, the stronger you're going to be for your weight. Um, and then there, you know, there's some kind of manipulation here and there of like, you know, if, if a guy at a certain weight class was really good uh, from a different school or, or, you know, different region, um, you might try to go a weight class above or below him, you know, to avoid having to go against him. Um, and so my, my senior year was probably the most extreme. Um, I cut from 210 to 190. And then uh, 190 to the 180 weight class. Um, and then when I was kind of gearing up for, you know, playoffs and state and whatnot, um, my my best friend was at 171. And so I decided to go down to 160. And so um, I got, and it was, it, was, it was wild. So I got down to 168. Um, and that's when I really cut the sodium down um, to where basically had, had no salt in my diet. Um, had to be under 1,000 milligrams of sodium a day, which... A thousand sounds like a lot, but it's uh, it's really hardly anything. Um, most people eat that in like one meal or one like one bag of chips would have twice that, and so um, that was probably the most extreme I had to get. Um, I ended up not getting down to one sixty. It was just too miserable for me. Um, but my for me, I I really tried to be healthy about how I cut weight. Um, so I, I tried to diet diet right. I would start early, get down to like a reasonable place, and then and then it was kind of you know more watching like the water weight. Um, you know, day of a meet, you know, it'd, it'd be, you know, <clears throat> the night before you'd get in a sauna. Um, and then the day of you wouldn't eat or drink much. Um, you'd wear, you know, full body sweats, you know, and go for runs and jogs to kind of lose water weight. And, um, you know, one, one cup of one, you know, typical water bottle is about two pounds of water. And so, um, you know, if you're, if you were close on weight, like you just, you just wouldn't drink water. It's the, it's the fastest thing you can manipulate to lose or gain weight. And so, um, and I, I had friends who were much more extreme and much less healthy. Uh, so they would, they would much more binge eat, you know, they would eat, you know, pizza and Chick-fil-A, you know, for four days a week. And then they would starve themselves for the other three days. And, uh, I just, one, I, I just hated doing that and, uh, didn't see the point in that. Um, other guys would definitely have to, you know, drop a lot more weight than I did. Um, so I had friends who would lose, you know, 25 pounds in three days. Um, because they would just not eat for three days and it was just, 
for me, I didn't want to do that. <laughs> and so uh, meal prepping was one of the things that just kind of helped me, you know, stay healthy along the way. Yeah, I'm glad to hear that you did that in a much healthier way, maybe than some of your counterparts. Did did I yeah. said if you did you continue wrestling into college or were you just? I did not. No, I I wasn't that good to be honest. <laughs> I mean, I I, I loved it. Yeah, no, I was just curious yeah. Uh, how your diet changed then, like you know, once you went off to school, like you said, you continued the meal prep kind of for the same reasons to try to stay healthy and to save money um, and to save yeah. time. But did anything, you know, change in your diet over the years since you started experimenting with more of this stuff? Yeah. I mean, so in, in high school, whenever I was, whenever I was dieting uh, for wrestling, you know, from August until season started to lose, you know, the 25, 30 pounds, I would mostly do a keto diet. And so, you know, keto, your listeners are probably familiar with keto, but it's basically zero carb, mm-hmm. um, you know, as, as little as absolutely possible, except for trace carbs. And um, so I, I kind of followed that whenever I was in high school, uh, you know, pre season and then kind of during season that, you know, it was more low carb, uh, not as strict on keto necessarily. Um, and so whenever I went off to college, I, I did not want to do that. <laughs> and so I, I like carbs. Uh, I like food. Uh, my wife and I, you know, we, like that's our source of entertainment and comfort and everything good in life is like, okay, we're going to celebrate. We're going to get food. We're having a hard day. We're going to get food. <laughs> um, and so uh, definitely have to kind of watch our food and diet. You know, if we're going to eat out, you know, some, like we want the other 80% of our eating to be healthy. And so um, in college it was, you know, I, I still have always, I've always loved working out. And so even today I still work out three to five days a week. Uh kind of a, a, you know, training and powerlifting style of training. Um, and so I, you know, diet's a huge part of that if you want to do it well. And um... if you've been around my content for a while, you know that one of my favorite things is making and eating gourmet food and pairing it with wine. You might think you can't enjoy wine though while trying to lose weight or stay in ketosis. And if you're drinking traditional wine, you might be right. So many wines are mass produced and full of sugar and other garbage additives that can wreak havoc on your health goals and just make you feel bad. Fortunately, I discovered Dry Farm Wines. I've been drinking their wine for years now and I love this company. They individually test small batch wines produced by vintners that are committed to the practice of dry farm production. Some of my favorites have been the Blaufrankisch variety from Austria and all all of the wines from the Loire Valley in France. Dry farm wines are free from excess sulfites and mold that can cause adverse reactions and hangovers. With no added sugar, each wine is tested to be under one gram of sugar in the entire bottle. Yep, you just heard that right. There's less than one carb in the whole bottle of wine. They're also slightly lower alcohol, which means you can enjoy a delicious wine pairing at dinner any given night and not end up with a hangover. You can receive an extra bottle for just a penny with your first order by visiting Dry dryfarmwines.com slash heal nourish grow. I'd love to hear what your favorite wine is after you try it and be sure to tag me on social with pictures of your wine and delicious dinners. Again, that bottle of wine for a penny is at dryfarmwines.com slash heal nourish grow. So now in, in college and even post-grad, I, I mostly just try to eat healthy, you know, like kind of lifestyle healthy eating. Um, <clears throat> but for me, that's typically high protein. And then uh, I eat kind of a steady amount of, of fats. And then I manipulate my carbs, um, based on, Hey, if I had an off day, I won't have, I'll have as little carbs as possible. Um, if I had a really hard leg day where I'm, you know, squatting and doing like a really physical workout, then I'll, I'll eat more carbs that day. Um, so that's kind of my, like my way of kind of lifestyle eating. It's easy for me, high protein, 
you know, and then just kind of adjust the carbs based on, hey, if I'm working out today, great. If not, then I don't get to eat. And so it's incentive to uh, get in the gym. Yeah, no, that's such an amazing way to approach it because I think people kind of forget sometimes when they're following low carb or keto that you can you can tolerate more carbs and stay in keto. If your goal is staying in ketosis, if you're working yeah. out, you can tolerate more carbs. And sometimes they're useful for certain types of workouts. So I think that that's a really um, cool and healthy approach Absolutely. that you've taken to the whole thing, which is awesome. Because, you know, being a younger person, a lot of um, yeah. people in your age group aren't as focused on being healthy yet. Um, so I think it's good, though, when you get in the habit and get a good start. Yeah. Um, when you're younger, it's, it's, it's just easier. You have to fight less things as you age. So that's awesome. Um, so absolutely. I believe it. So you kind of, so you work, oh, the one thing I did want to ask you when you say high protein, what does high protein mean to you? And everybody, you know, obviously keep in mind he is doing weightlifting. So this is a little bit different yeah. for him. Um, but I'm just curious what that means for your height and uh, what kind of, yeah, yeah, that's a great, it's a great question. Um, so, you know, I think high protein for me is typically at least one gram, uh, per pound of body weight. And, um, for me, that's, that's a baseline I try to reach if I'm, uh, and then I, I can, I'll sometimes go a little bit higher. Um, I tend to kind of go to one to 1 1.2 grams per body weight. Um, if you are really overweight, um, like if you have a higher you know body fat percentage, I think that number can be lower. Um, and so I think if you're, if you're really, you know, if you're over 20% body fat, I would recommend like maybe like 0.8 of your weight. Um, so if you're 200 pounds, eat, 160 grams of protein a day is probably a good place to be. That's that's my recommendations. It's not gospel. I can't quote a study off the top of my head that would back that up. Um, that's just kind of what I've always. I, it's been a benchmark for me. Um, if I'm trying to really, if I'm trying to like bulk up and gain weight and put on muscle, I'll go higher. And so I've had seasons where I'm doing 1.5 grams a day. Um, and at times that for me that's been you know three to 350 grams of protein a day. Um, I don't like doing that. It's not fun. Um, and so uh, it's a lot of, it's, that's actually a lot more, that's a lot harder than actually training. Um, and so, um, but I think for a, a typical lifestyle, if you just want to eat healthy and, you know, I think it can be lower. Um, but if you're really training hard, I think at least a gram a day is probably where you should be. Yeah, I would have to say everybody that I've heard talk about this in recent history, and you said you can't cite any studies. I'm not sure if there's a ton of studies on specifically like protein in relation to weightlifting, but all the experts that I've been listening to lately, just for optimal body composition, they really recommend the 0.8 that you said is kind of the, the minimum for just a general healthy diet. So I think you were spot on with that. Yeah. And then, you know, increasing based on your goals. If you're, as you mentioned, if you're, when you're trying to put on muscle, you go up to even AB 1.5, but they said just for general, most people, if you go between 0.8 to 1.2 uh, grams <laughs> per, per pound of body weight, yeah. then you should pretty good. So um, I think you're spot on. Absolutely. With that. <laughs> and, and something, yeah, I'm glad that back, I'm glad they backed me up or I backed <laughs> them up. Uh, and one thing I've noticed is that um, for one, like protein tends to be a just sources of protein tend to just be healthier generally. So if you're eating chicken or turkey or even, you know, beef or pork, it tend to be healthier and leaner and have better like nutrients for you. Whereas carbs and carb and fat sources, you know, they can be healthy or they can be really unhealthy. And so for me, like whenever I'm trying to eat, whether it's dieting um, or not, um, a higher protein diet, one, it tends to fill me up more um, than, you know, if I, if I eat a bunch of carbs, I'm probably not going to be as full as I would if I ate, you know, um, you know, chicken or something like that. And so one, it fills me up more for the amount of calories that I get to eat. It's more satiating. And I think if you're trying to diet, 
it's really important to pick foods that uh, that will fill you up. Um, so, you know, you could eat six apples for the amount of carbs that are in like a cup and a half of rice. Um, and I think that a lot of people tend to not pick food sources that will actually fill them up. And so they feel really hungry when they're dieting um, because they really want that piece of chocolate, or whatever it is. But they if they if they if they substituted that, they could eat actually a lot more food and they wouldn't be as uh, as hungry. Yeah, couldn't agree more. And I think that's really the beauty of the keto diet, because not only is it maybe a little higher protein than most people are used to, especially if you really put your focus on that. Um, but it also, mm -hmm. you know, creates since you're not having these sugar highs and lows and because you are eating really nutrient dense, really satiating food, it's you know, I think that the studies that want to say that that low carb or keto isn't as good, they don't they don't take into account the fact that it's just so much easier to stay at that lower calorie it level. Is. Like yeah. course, there's a, a many different ways to lose weight. People can, you can do it vegan, you can do it vegetarian, you can do it low mm -hmm. fat. But I just think that, you know, eating a higher fat, adequate protein diet makes it so much easier to stay at those lower calorie levels. That's been definitely my experience. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And then I know for keto, at least like, Everyone's different in how they, you know, their mindset and how they do things. I tend to be all or nothing. And so if I'm doing a keto diet, it's like if I want to stay in ketosis, I really have to be very strict or else I'll I'll go off course. Um, and so it kind of requires more adherence. And so I think it's one of the reasons that people lose a lot of weight with keto. One is they, you know, they tend to cut carb sources. So you hold less water. So you, you lose 10 pounds in the first two weeks because you lose all your water weight. Mm -hmm. So one, you get really motivated when you see the scale move like that. Now, whether whether it's good for you or not, that's debatable. But um, I think it does get motivation going faster. And then because it requires, you know, near perfect, you know, adherence, uh, people tend to lose more weight. Whereas if they just kind of are, hey, I'm eating healthy generally, um, but it, you're more likely to have cheat meals or hey, I'm just going to have this this one little snack or this one thing at work that you know the free donuts that someone brought in. Um, when you're on keto, you can't do that or else you go out of ketosis. And so I think it ends, it tends to kind of help people stay on. It requires you to stay on track um, in ways that most diets don't have that same kind of requirement. Yeah, no, I would agree with that. And it also just limits, you know, limiting food choices in general in some way. For some people, it can seem too restrictive. But if the goal, goal is yeah. really weight loss and, and you want to do it, um, you know, I would really recommend to people not lose weight as quickly as possible is my overall recommendation. Yeah, I agree. But so that's what they want, that if they do want to lose weight in that way, it certainly makes, you know, maximizing that effect a lot, a lot easier. I'm finally able to share some really exciting news with the Heal Nourish Grow family. After years of people telling me I should write a cookbook, I finally did. It's of course focused on keto recipes that are low carb and delicious, but however you choose to eat, you'll want to have these weeknight recipes that are finished in under 30 minutes at your disposal to feed your hungry crew. The cookbook is available mid-November, so if you're listening to this, it's likely already out. Please visit cookbook.healnourishgrow.com for all the details. Like what you hear so far? Make sure you never miss a show by clicking the subscribe button now. We'd also love it if you could post a review on iTunes. It helps us so much by allowing others to more easily find us. The Heal, Nourish, Grow podcast wouldn't be possible without listeners like you. Thank you so much for your support. Now back to the show. Yeah, no doubt. So, um, well, I love to hear all your philosophy on this and background on this stuff, but obviously what people probably want to know this time of year is if they've never meal <coughs> before, how do they get started with it? And what are some of your best tips and education that you can give after all of these 
years of meal prepping, which by the way, I just think is amazing. I've never meal prepped in my entire life. I just, I like to cook, so it doesn't bother me so much to do, you know, cook every night or whatever. But um, I think for a lot of people that is not the case. Yeah. And so I think this is going to be super helpful. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm glad. Um, I mean, I think, you know, I'll just kind of ramble for a bit. I think one, um, you know, people tend to, when they first start meal prepping, they go on Instagram and they see, you know, someone's fridge that's like fully stocked with like 25 Tupperware containers. And, you know, they're all broken out by like breakfast, lunch, dinner, and they're super, you know, organized. Um, and that, that's great for people who want to do that. Um, I have weeks where I, where my fridge looks like that. Um, but that's not where I started. Um, I started by, Hey, I'm just going to cook one meal that I know I already like. It's, it's, I make, you know, I make tacos every, you know, every Tuesday night we make, you know, ground beef tacos or ground turkey. And then, okay, I'm just going to take that and I'm just going to, and just simply double the recipe. So if you make one pound of meat, typically get a second pound, um, and cook more, and then you just have leftovers for lunch the next day. And that that's meal prepping. It's not like I, my whole business and the website is about meal prepping. It's just eating leftovers. Like it's, <laughs> it's not like there's no big science to it. It's just eating, cooking more food and eating your leftovers rather than uh, throwing them away or letting them sit in the fridge for, you know, until they go bad. And so I think there's just a little bit more intentionality there. And so I would start by just telling people, Hey, pick something that you know, you already like, um, you don't, don't go out and find some new recipe um, that you've never tried before and make 19 servings of it. Because one, if you don't like it, that's a waste of money and, you know, food. Um, and two, it's, it's just, you just don't need to do that. So I, I would say start with something you've already tried um, that, you know, you or your family like, and, and just double the recipe and, and do that for the week. Um, so start simple um, <clears throat> is the first thing I would say. Um, and then, you know, I would probably say start with whatever meal you hate cooking. And so for me, like I, I don't mind cooking dinner most nights, but I really don't like having to, you know, figure out lunch every day. And so, and one, that's where I tend to either eat out for lunch during the work day. Um, or if I'm, if I'm particularly busy, like, I don't want to have to like go home and make lunch and eat it and then, you know, whatever. And so, um, and, uh, you know, always forgetting to pack lunch, you know, day of, or if I'm out the door in a hurry. And so I tend to meal prep my lunches. And so on Sundays, you know, so that's, that's the meal that I want to have covered for others. It's dinner. It's, Hey, they, they eat out a lot for work anyways, you know, so they're, they're doing work lunches that are paid for whatever. Um, but they get home and it's like, it's seven o'clock and the last thing they want to do is cook. So they get takeout on the way home and that's where they're spending money and they're eating unhealthy because they want to save time um, or they're tired. And so uh, I would say for those people, it might be, hey, meal prep dinner for the week. And so um, just kind of think through like what is the meal that that is the most inconvenient or the one that you always tend to kind of eat out for and start there. Um, for most people, it's probably lunch or dinner, um, at least for me, uh, you know, breakfast is breakfast is also the hardest to meal prep because eggs just don't taste good. I mean, like I. I've done like the egg muffins in, you know, the muffin tin and I've, you know, I've done that. It, it, it works. <laughs> it's not great. Um, and so <clears throat> I think, I think I would start with lunch or dinner. Um, and then, and then I would, you know, the other big tip I would have is, um, use simple recipes. You know, a lot of recipes online, if you go on Pinterest, they're going to have, you know, 20 different ingredients and nine different spices and, you got to buy stuff that you that you have never tried or used before. Um, I just I like really simple meals that that don't don't take long to prep. Um, that use a lot of the same ingredients, and so I tend to cook a lot with like 
find like ingredient overlaps. And so um, like I use onions and bell peppers in like half of my food um, because they're good, they're healthy, they're easy to prep. I can use them in Asian food and like a stir fry. I can do it in a sheet pan. You know, uh, I can do it uh, with like, you know, fajitas on the grill. Um, so finding foods that I can use in a variety, variety of different ways. And so for me, that means, you know, on Sundays I can get onions and bell peppers and slice them all up and I can cook them for fajitas and for stir fry. And I'm not having to prep, you know, and buy and prep all these different kinds of vegetables. Um, so that's just one thing that's super easy for me is just uh, ingredient overlaps. Um, you know, I, I think planning ahead is also probably helpful. I think some people, um, you know, they can kind of be over eager from the start. And so they'll plan out, you know, a whole month of food and it can be overwhelming to kind of try to do that. Um, and so I, I definitely recommend just kind of starting small. Um, I think that's the best thing for new people. Um, is, I think that's probably the best way for them to get started. I think there's so many awesome tips in there. I can't wait to like go through those and kind of map them out again, like one, two, three, four. But I think you're spot on with starting with something simple, something that you've already tried that you know that you love. Because to your point, you make like 10 servings of something and then you don't like it. How awful would that be? And you're going to end up wasting money. Um, and then also yeah. the very last thing you said about starting simple, I think most people would probably in their head think, oh, I, I should do it for a week because it's like a week is kind of this magical sort of number in their head. Mm -hmm. What if you did it for three days or four days or five days? Well, yeah. it's easy for you. And like you said, especially at the beginning, just start out small and see how it goes. Um, have you experimented with, this is something I've thought about buying for a very long time and I just haven't pulled the trigger yet. Um, but because your life is very uh, full of meat as well, <laughs> I was talking to my uncle about this a while back and he has a vacuum sealer and he said it's absolutely important oh, yeah. because quite often when you buy meat in the store, I mean, now I always put it inside of a freezer bag, leave it in its original um, packaging and put it inside a freezer bag because they get so easily freezer yeah. burned. But he said that does not happen with food vacuuming. So I'm just wondering, are there any things like that that you've experimented with or, or special kinds of containers that you find <coughs> keep the food longer or just any other tips in that sort of realm of actually keeping the food uh, stay as fresh as possible? You know how I talk about being just 1% better every day? Well, ButcherBox believes in better. For them, better means caring about animals and the planet and treating the planet with respect. It means improving the lives of animals and the livelihoods of farmers. Their beef is grass-fed and grass-finished. Chicken is free-range and organic. Turkey is free-range. Pork is humanely raised and salmon and scallops are wild-caught. I've been using ButcherBox for a couple of years now and it was such a godsend having high quality meat delivered straight to my door during the pandemic. If you're interested in saving money and eating healthier, this is the perfect service for you. For the entire month of December, new customers can get free bacon for life. And who does not love bacon, right? Plus $20 off a month for five months for an additional $100 savings. To take advantage of this offer, just go to butcherbox.co slash heal nourish grow that's b c h r b o x dot c o slash heal nourish grow or simply check the show notes for my link yeah it's a great question i mean you know fortunately like i think stored food storage containers have come a long way you know i grew up in like the tupperware you know that's where that's all you had was tupperware and it would it would stain it would look gross it you couldn't you know, in the, in the dishwasher, they would get turned over and get filled with water in the microwave. You couldn't do that. And so, um, I just, I love using glass, glass containers. Um, 
they're not the cheapest. They're a little bit more expensive um, to buy, but the benefit is that you can, uh, they can go in the microwave super easily. They can go in the oven. They can go in the dishwasher um, and they're more sturdy. So they just hold food better. Um, so I recommend glass, typically recommend glass meal prep containers just for all those reasons. Um, but they, they do tend to be a little bit more expensive. Um, I think Pyrex has like a decent, you know, like if you go on Amazon, it's like a 16, you know, set of, of glass cook, uh, you know, glass storage containers. Um, I have never done a vacuum sealer. I, my father-in-law has one and he loves it. Uh, I just haven't, I just haven't done it yet. Um, I, I tend to, I try not to freeze food as much, to be honest. Um, because once it's in the freezer, it just lives there forever. <laughs> and then in two years, we're like pulling it out. It's like, what, what is this? Uh, you know? And so, um, I tend to kind of, I tend to try to avoid freezing stuff if I can. Um, but that's not always the case. And then, um, yeah, so that, that's probably what I would recommend is glass, glass containers. When, well, I agree with you on that one. And, and for another reason, besides all the reasons that you mentioned, is it's also much healthier because plastic, uh, particularly these real disposable plastic ones, like the um, yeah. the ones that you buy in the grocery store that are just meant for, you know, people don't have to return them to you because they're real inexpensive. Well, also that plastic can leach into your food, particularly if... You know, even when they're microwave safe, I think that that plastic leaching happens. Mm -hmm. So that's not something I've ever done a super deep dive on, but I've heard enough people talk about it that I yeah. my uh, stuff with glass for a few years ago. So I do like to do that. And for people that do like to freeze things, because I'm a big, I like to freeze things. So if I make a big batch of chili or yeah. a big, big batch of soup, I will freeze it. And that way it's just like a couple weeks later, I take it out. And that gives you more variety also with the meal prep, right? So, um, mm -hmm. but one of the things that does. I learned the hard way is just exactly what you said, like taking it out and like, hmm, is this chili or is this tomato sauce? <laughs> like, I don't know what it is. Yeah. So a couple of things, if I do happen to use, I will use plastic Ziploc freezer bags for a few things. So there's those you can easily write on, but for containers that you can't easily write for sure. on, I just use a post-it note and I just stick it on the top mm. of it. And that way it's a lot easier to know at a glance what it is yeah. in, the, in the container, especially if, you know, it happens, like you said, and it's like three or four months later and, you know, your memory is mm -hmm. not quite as good as it used to be like, yeah. So yeah. I mean, yeah, it's not, it's not hard to use a freezer like that. I just, I just always forget to do the post-it. And so I'm like, I don't know what the heck this right. is. Um, so yeah. And I, I also live in Texas. So like, we don't, it's, it's hot here 10 months out of the year. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's almost December and it's 80 degrees outside. And so, um, you know, we, I don't tend to eat a lot of like hot soup or chili. Uh, right. so, yeah. So the things you know, might, but, but might be more amenable to freezing. You're maybe not eating as much. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. That totally makes sense. Um, well, anything that we haven't talked about yet, final thoughts on meal prepping? Because like I said, I'm sure some people are going to be listening to this that are going to the New Year saying, I'm going to be healthier and I'm going to spend less money and I'm going to, you know, maybe try lower carb or keto or some different way of eating where if they had more of a plan, they might be more successful. Any final thoughts or tips around that kind of stuff? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, a, a couple of things that I would just, just a general advice, um, I don't know how many tips I'm about to, you know, let loose, but, uh, I think one is I would, um, I would definitely have variety in, in your meal prepping. And so, um, like I have, I have, you know, four to eight meals that I just, I kind of go to things that I always cook. Um, I don't do the same thing. Like I don't do taco meat every single week. Um, but it might be like, Hey, the first week of the month, I'm going to meal prep taco meat for my lunches. The second week it might be, 
you know, I'll grill some burger patties and I'll eat it with, you know, spinach and like some sriracha mayo for lunch every day. The third week, it might be, um, you know, I'll do some Greek chicken on the grill and I'll eat it, you know, in a wrap or something. Um, so having like having like some go to meals. Um, so you're not eating the same thing every single week, but you're not having to have you're not having to cook, you know, 19 different recipes a week. You know, I think it is helpful to have some some like kind of go to simple things um, like that. Um, then you can kind of rotate through. Um, you also don't have to uh, cook everything that you that you meal prep. Like I think one thing that's really helpful for me is um, it's just like cutting veggies and fruit on Sunday. And so, you know, for us, like we eat a lot of like sliced bell peppers. And so just having them like already, you know, sliced and de-seeded and like ready to eat uh, makes us tend to go for that in the fridge that much more often because we're not having to get a cutting board and a knife out and do all that. Um, you know, I think having some food, like if you do want to, you know, eat more fresh food each night, um, you know, one thing you could do is just, Hey, put your chicken in a marinade and then each night you just pull out a few pieces and you, and you grill that on the spot. Um, and so you don't have to have everything, you know, if it's, if it's Thursday, you know, by that point, like the food you made on Sunday might not be as good as it once was. And so, um, I think having some food just prepped that you can kind of easily cook on the spot, um, particularly like veggies that you have to chop. I, I find that to be really helpful. Um, I think you can also use, uh, I mean, these days, like, like we, we use a crock pot and we, we love using that because we can just dump stuff in before we go to work, come back in eight hours and it's good and ready to go. I think that's a great way for people to save time um, in their meal prepping. So we'll often like when we meal prep, we'll do something in the, in the crock pot, just dump it all in and let it go. And then we'll prep a few other, you know, recipes for the week. Um, so I think that's just one way to kind of save time um, for us that we've, that we've done. Um, I think, um, you know, the other thing I would say is uh, I think buying in bulk is one way for people to save time and, and save money. Um, Cause you're not having to kind of constantly refill things. And um, the challenge is you tend to kind of, you tend to not always use it all. And so um, for people who, you know, are starting meal prep or, you know, they're starting off the new year and they want to, you know, finally eat healthy and save money on food. Uh, start with what you already have in stock in your pantry or in your fridge or in your freezer. Um, you've probably got, you know, plenty of food that you can go ahead and just cook and start to eat. Um, so I would, I would definitely do that. Um, just kind of clean out your pantry, clean out your freezer. Um, and so I think those are some, just some random, you know, tips that I would have for meal prepping. Um, you know, I, my site has a ton of meal prep recipes that people could check out. Um, you know, whether they're, you know, keto or whole 30 or low carb, um, you know, a variety of different kind of diet based, you know, meal prep recipes. Um, I have, I think I have one article that's like 50, cheap, 50 recipes that are each serving is less than two bucks a serving. And so that's more like, hey, if you're really trying to save money, it's been super helpful um, for a lot of, for, you know, for a lot of people. Um, so I, I recommend that as a resource. Um, if they go and Google and search cheap meal prep, they could find it there. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I think, I think the, I would just encourage people to give it a, give it a try don't give up. Don't start too much at once. Um, and just, uh, let this be a small habit that just helps you helps them save time and money. Yeah. I just want to piggyback on one thing. Well, two things that you said the first yeah. thing is I forgot to give background on how I actually 
came to know about you. And it was because I was looking at some sites, looking, linking back to my site. And I saw this meal prepify and I went over there and you had linked to one of my recipes for something. So that was really yeah. cool, number one. But then I started looking through your site and I do think it is such a great resource. And I think, you know, the fact that you're pulling from uh, different recipes kind of from all over the web, from all different creators, that's really useful. Uh, but the other thing I wanted to piggyback on, you know, you mentioned the um, ground, like prepping ground beef for the week or something like that. And I think, yeah. you know, for me, I'm much like you, I could eat the same thing every day for lunch. I, I love to be boring with my food. It's a great way to yeah, like same. not have to think about anything and to just um, to easily manage your weight, easily manage your macros. But the thing yeah. that I thought of is, uh, so for people that might say that's too boring for them, because I know that there are those people out there, they don't want to eat the exact same thing every day for lunch. Um, but for example, like you could do, if you, let's just use the ground beef, for example, say the one day you have, you know, taco Tuesday, and maybe the next day you take ground beef and you put it in a pepper and put some cheese in there with it. And then yeah. the next day, maybe you make it into a taco salad or, you know, there's ways that you can still prep without having Repurpose. the exact same meal. And uh, yeah. like I said, for me, it wouldn't bother me, but I know that some people are thinking that like they don't want to eat that same thing. And it might seem overwhelming because they might have to start thinking, oh, I got to prep more things to make more <laughs> variety. But really, you could use the same ingredients and just, you know, use them a little differently and use different spices and, you know, use some different side items with it. So I think that's one way to shake it up a little. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, we, uh, so for us, like, you know, we, we make grilled chicken almost every week I and mean, it's just simple, like olive oil, salt, pepper, garlic, put it on the grill. Mm -hmm. uh, but we eat that on, on everything, <laughs> um, from tacos to salads, to wraps, to, you know, if I just need, like, I got back from the gym and I just need like 30 grams of protein to hit my numbers for the day. I'll just like eat three or four slices. And, um, that's been like one of our go-to like really simple. It doesn't take a long time, um, things to kind of cook. Yeah, no, that's perfect. So tell everybody where the best places to find you online are and your website and any other details like that, where, where you can be most uh, easily accessible. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, well, again, my, my website is mealprepify.com. So just mealprepify.com. Um, and they're welcome to email me, um, rich at mealprepify.com. Uh, I am not super active on social media um, because of, you know, grad school and baby and, you know, work, uh, life. Yeah. Uh, but uh, but I, I actually don't mind email. Um, I know a lot of people hate their email. I don't mind it. Um, and I'm so if anyone wants to reach out or has any questions or, hey, I'm looking for recipes on fill in the blank, um, would love to help. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm starting to put out a lot of a lot more recipe content and a lot of, you know, um, more diet specific and calorie specific. And so, you know, I know for a lot of people, like if they get a meal plan from a doctor or from a nutritionist and it says, you know, eat a, eat 500 calories for lunch. Like, I don't, I don't know how to do that. Um, and so I'm, I'm starting, it's not there yet. Um, but hopefully by the new year, um, I'll have a bunch of, you know, Hey, if you need, you know, uh, lunches for 500 calories, here's a list of 20 of them. Um, starting to put out a lot of that. So hopefully that'll be helpful to your listeners whenever this goes live and it can be a resource for them. Um, but otherwise just check out the website and um, email and um, would love to connect with people and see how I could help. Yeah, awesome. That's wonderful. And, and um, also keep in the back of your mind for uh, other little resources. I do have a cookbook coming out. So for people, it's easy weeknight um, cookbook. And so like you're talking about for people you do? who don't have a lot of time. Yeah, then um, that'll be a good resource as well because I, I'm with you if it's got like 20 
ingredients or something that's entertaining every once in a while but just for me on weeknights and with the kids going off to practice and all kinds of different stuff it's like whatever is quick and easy is what's happening yeah so um hopefully that'll just be another little resource for everybody that can help out in that way even if it's not meal prep but um several of the recipes you could definitely do meal prep there's one in the crock pot there's a couple of other ones so anyway that's coming out absolutely well that's awesome Well, let me know when you uh, when you publish that, and I will definitely share oh, it. Awesome. Well, thank you again, Rich, for all of your wonderful information. I am so looking forward to getting the transcript from this and making like the you. There was at least ten amazing tips in there that you gave everybody. So thank you so much, and uh, we'll keep in touch. This has been the Heal Nourish Grow podcast. Again, I'm Cheryl McColgan, founder of Heal Nourish Grow. You can find show notes for this episode at HealNourishGrowPodcast.com. If you have feedback on today's episode or questions about the content, please email us at podcast at HealNourishGrow.com. We'd love to hear from you. Be sure to sign up for our email list at HealNourishGrow.com and subscribe to the show with your favorite podcast player so you never miss an episode. Join us next time for more information that helps you live your best and healthiest life. Thanks for listening. Content on the Heal, Nourish, Grow podcast does not constitute medical advice. Content contained in the Heal, Nourish, Grow podcast is not intended as medical diagnosis or treatment. Neither the company nor its owner, Heal, Nourish, Grow, LLC, nor any of the company's employees, agents, or guest speakers provide medical advice. The content provided on Heal, Nourish, Grow podcast is for educational and entertainment purposes only. Please consult your medical provider with any questions about what health practices are right for you.